Hey guys, on this episode, we have Dan Burgos from Alpha Nova Consulting. I came across an article Dan wrote called Six Elements of Transformational Improvement in Manufacturing. So we asked Dan to join the show and give us some more insight into what it takes to transform a company within the manufacturing industry. Without further ado, enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to Manufacturing Unscripted. I'm your host, Matt Rawl. Today I'm joined with Dan Burgos. He is a president and CEO of Alpha Nova Consulting. Hey Dan, how you doing? Doing well, Matt. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm I'm excited. Uh, I, I've done a little research on you, and I uh, I came across an article um, about the six elements of transformational transformational improvement in manufacturing, and I want to get your thoughts on it. But before we do that. Um, I want to know a little bit more about you. Um, so, uh, can you share a little bit with us about yourself and kind of how you ended up in the manufacturing industry? Sure. So, uh, Alpha Nova Consulting, as you mentioned, right, we're a consulting firm, and we help with we help manufacturers improve their their performance, their their bottom line, basically, and we do it through operational improvements. We also focus on developing their people. And a few other things, but basically that's that's the focus of the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been in business for about six years. And uh, to, to answer your question about how it all started, how I got into manufacturing, um, you know, originally I my path was very different. I wanted mm-hmm. to be a lawyer when I was coming out of high school. Uh, I was attracted to the uh, I guess the demands of the of the of the of the career, you know, inquisitive, invest, investigative. And so when I learned that you had to get a new a new license or a new bar exam for every state you move to, <laughs> I said, okay, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And so I decided the next best thing or closest to being a problem solver was industrial engineering. And that's where I started. That's where my college career or my, my college time started. Mm-hmm. Uh, fast forward and uh, I'm originally from the Dominican Republic and okay. I moved to Puerto Rico. And when I finished a master's degree out there, I, I wanted to get into manufacturing because being an engineer and loving math and all mm-hmm. those things, I wanted to get into that. So I moved to Texas, which is my, my home base, uh, 16 years ago now. Okay. And that's when I transitioned into manufacturing. Uh, and the reason being, again, I enjoy seeing how things get built and uh, just have a passion for for that, for collaborating with people, with solving problems and, and seeing how, you know, we turn materials and things into into a product that we all consume and use. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not many, not very many people actually see like the raw material and then are able to kind of watch it turn into something that people just take for granted. You know, I think. I think you see something truly, you know, special when you can you can you know take a you know something mined out of the ground and turn it into a, a very you know well-known product. Absolutely, that's. I mean, a lot, I remember talking to other folks and uh, getting the question, "Why do you care? Where does it come <laughs> from?" All I care is that it works, and yeah. to me, it was intriguing, and I wanted to get more details and understand how it all comes together yeah. so that's part of my motivation and my passion for it yep well um you also have some other passion and and i i came across on your website an article like i mentioned called the six elements of transformational improvement in manufacturing um i, I believe you wrote that correct i did I yes think you're the author so 
uh, I guess the first question I had is, is, is where does your passion um, in regards to helping companies transform um, the way in which they manufacture come from? Uh, actually, before I answer that question, yeah. I wanted to uh, mention something. Yeah. I have a gift for your listeners, um, okay. and uh, it's a link to a self-assessment where they can yep. take it and get feedback as to their performance, give some uh, benchmarks. So okay. uh, if we can have that available to them, uh, that would be you know useful to, yeah. to your listeners. Yeah, definitely. It'll, but, they can find it probably in our show notes. As we'll, we'll put it there, and then uh, we'll also... Uh, probably link it in some of our media releases for sure. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. So to answer your question about my passion. So, I mean, I feel a lot of passion for the manufacturing sector. I feel it's, in, uh, I mean, in a world that's going more towards information and service, especially here in the U.S., uh, it feels like manufacturing is becoming less and less significant. And I feel that uh, manufacturing should also, should almost be protected because mm-hmm. it's almost... Uh, part of the infrastructure, the the, the independence, uh, and, and part of a, a country being self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. If you look at you know Europe and trends, uh, I think Germany is one of the countries that's being talked about that's best handled some of the economic downturns, and a lot of it comes from being self-sufficient because they're strong in manufacturing. Mm-hmm. And I feel that's an intricate part of of, of, of a good economy of a country. Uh, again, as I mentioned, seeing how things get done and, and improving, have a hand in improving what's there. That's my passion, I guess, when I collaborate with folks and we're able to have an impact, a positive impact, that is. It's it's very rewarding and fulfilling when you're able to find folks that you can collaborate in and have a positive impact. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd have to agree with you because, I mean, if you look at some of the companies out there that are, are vertically integrated manufacturing-wise, They've been probably the most successful, you know, in terms of being able to keep up with everything. And, and like you mentioned, Germany is one of those countries, if you think of them as a business, that are very vertically integrated. You know, there's a lot of manufacturing within Germany that allow them to be self-sustained. So really the, the areas that you've seen problems are where they don't manufacture much internally or have the infrastructure to support uh, mass production manufacturing. That's exactly right. It's a, it, to me, it's part of a, of a strong economy, and when you have dependency for, from from imports, mm-hmm. you know, especially now, right? We have all these supply chain issues. Countries that don't have that infrastructure are unfortunately suffering the consequences of that. Yep, yep. Um, so, uh, real quick, when we talk about the six elements of transformational improvement in manufacturing, I mean, you're, you're talking. Are you are, are we're talking more about like lean manufacturing, correct? Is is that? That's part of it. Yeah. I don't want to say it's the whole thing. Yep. Um, so if I can, I'll run run past the six that yeah. you read on the article. Um, to me, the first one's got to be leadership support, mm-hmm. and and I'm talking about the senior leader. You have to have complete buy-in. I see a lot of people out there that see, you know. The Toyota production system, as some people call it, or lean, as kind of a project that has a beginning and an end. And unfortunately, that misconception leads to a lot of failure. Mm-hmm. And what it should be is more of the adoption of a management system into your business. And uh, where, where you 
are basically implementing it and it becomes just the how you do business. Mm -hmm. uh, the second one is having a steering committee. And that's where this leader that I just mentioned brings in their direct reports. So mm -hmm. picture the executive team of a, of a manufacturing business and they're all coming together to drive a common vision. So in, what that means is they all have to be bought in, committed, and a lot of times when I talk to clients uh, before we engage, I say, look, you really have to understand that for this to be successful, you'll need a level of commitment that even if you find an obstacle as big as a person that you respect and you've worked with for the last 20 years, we have to be able to overcome that, either yep. overcome that either by bringing them along with us mm -hmm. or maybe making a decision as to maybe there's a change that needs to be made, yep. whether it's the responsibility or even exiting the company. In those those cases have happened as well. Yep. The third one is having a, a strategy deployment process. Uh, and I'm walking through all six of them yep. since you asked. The strategy deployment process is basically where that that team that steering committee sets the direction so that everybody working in that business has the same direction they're pulling in the same direction the priorities are uh, are aligned and there's no contradicting uh yeah targets or goals if you will mm -hmm. and that every person from 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 the strategic leaders all the way down to the operators that are working on the shop floor know what the target is and what's their part and implement in in, in actually uh realizing those those improvements um the next one the fourth one would be uh lean daily management and this is where an old damning cycle that was called pdca basically establish a plan go execute it with being mindful of what the obstacles are check what those are and develop countermeasures and then go act mm -hmm. That's probably one of the areas that I see uh, lacking in a lot of these manufacturing businesses, having the discipline to do that. Uh, the next one is having lean leaders. We, we call, you know, in an industry, you'll hear that that term lean leaders, which is basically having leaders that really apply the principles that uh, mentor their, their folks and and uh, and make them participate uh, in, into the improvement process. And then lastly, uh, I would say trained and engaged employees. If your employees are engaged, you're wasting their talent because people will give you the solutions to their problems. They live through them every day. And so they've thought about it a hundred times. How do we solve this? It's not going to be every case, but in a lot of cases they will have. And, and the other part of it is that if we implement something, it could be the perfect solution or effective. If employees are not part of the solution, just by nature of the, of change being done to them, there's a very high likelihood that we'll reject it, which will make it not sustain unsustainable. Yep. So those are the th the six. Uh, I don't know if you wanted me to walk you through all of them, but that basically it's it's the rundown of all six of these elements. No, it's it's good that you you did because it definitely helps with my next question, uh, because it, it it takes it seems like obviously you know you need a lot of buy-in, you need a lot of support, a lot of infrastructure. So, you know, my next question is, is, is how difficult is this to do? You know, you know, I'm sure it's not easy because like you said, it's not just, you need, you need the group of executives that buy in, but then they have to get basically company-wide buy-in, you know, and yes. it, it's not an easy thing to do, I'm, I imagine. It's not very easy. There's actually a very well-known publication out there that uh, completed a survey years ago and uh, 
the estimation was that 70% of manufacturers are engaged in, and I said 70%, so mm-hmm. almost three quarters of them are engaged in some kind of improvement initiative, mm-hmm. but only 24% of those actually see significant improvement in their execution, in their business, basically. Mm-hmm. And so, that, I mean, that would tell you the magnitude of difficulty. Yeah. Almost all of them are doing it, and only a quarter of the ones that try actually get yeah. the results that they're looking for. That's how difficult it is. Do, do you have any insight as to why you believe that's so? I think I do. I believe so because of here's my 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 observation. Yeah. I feel that uh, it it you know putting processes in place takes skill, right? It takes understanding and knowledge. But actually, the part that's always missing, or more 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 often missing, is the behavior side. Mm-hmm. Changing behavior that is so tough for human beings for us to change what we you know are accustomed to. And so I feel that's the part that makes it so difficult, so tough to take an entire organization and change their mindset, how they approach things, how how you know how open they are to making change and uh, uh, and adapting to it. That's what makes it so difficult. The, the mm-hmm. other part, anybody can learn the te- te- technical aspect of things. It's the it's the mindsets and the behavior change. Yeah, I think um, you know the company I work at, Promise. We we have a saying on the on the wall that says, um, I believe it's something like the worst saying you can say is I've always done it that way. You know, and it's it's you know, and it, the same lines along. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. You know, it's you can say it many different ways, but. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's definitely an uphill battle when you're trying to, you know, just redefine the way something's been done for several years. And in most cases it's it's hard to argue because at one point it was probably very, very successful. And it's just maybe that that method's not keeping with the times. But you have people that say at one point it we were very good at it and it was successful. So maybe we just need to keep doing it and it'll come back around and um, it does take kind of an innovator to kind of recognize, like, no, we, we need to change, and, and let me show you how. No question. You know, one question that I get from people as I'm working with them is, you know, when, when does it end? Is there a time <laughs> yeah. where we make it and we're lean and we're yeah. efficient? And I say, look, here's how you have to think about it. There are two driving forces, for two opposite driving forces. You have forces driving you to to actually have a less efficient operation mm-hmm. and these things are you know new new processes new equipment new people new uh, requirements new regulation expansion and so on. so these things are always there pushing you to yep. be at risk or be or becoming less efficient and so you have to counter that constantly with improvements and recognizing that we need to change and evolve to be able to overcome those challenges and and keep our edge in our competitive position in the marketplace. Yep. I I guess to to add on that, do you have any like specific tips or tricks that you kind of use when you're when you're consulting with people as to maybe how to well for one how to get people to buy in, you know, what what are what are the best methods that you've seen used to to get that company buy-in? Well, I mean, there's several tips I can give. Yeah. So one is 
some people don't understand that there's a gap in performance. So they mm -hmm. have to understand what are we trying to accomplish? What's the vision? Uh, if it's specific metrics, say if we're trying to improve quality or on-time delivery or, or costs, there's so many. If you make it clear to people that there's a gap, don't be more inclined to say, okay, we're not meeting our goal, right? It's not good enough, so we have to do something about it. Second one is, uh, you know, what's in it for me? That That's yeah. very common out there. Like, what do we get out of doing this? How does that impact my work environment in a positive way if I engage and 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 and, and try to make things better? Another one is, uh, go solve a problem. You have yeah. people out there that sometimes they have legacy management that they they've lost credibility with the people in the in the business. And it, it, it takes so little sometimes go solve a problem. So they start trusting you again. Yeah. So you earn that trust and that credibility. Uh, and, and, and then the lastly, I will say, get them involved. Yeah. If people are able to say, I mean, I've seen this, they say, are you telling me that I can solve this problem? And we're saying, yes, yeah. we want your input. We want you to be part of the solution. Yeah. That goes far, I mean, it goes so far into getting people to buy in that it's typically a, a really good approach. Yeah, buy-in is definitely a lot easier, I'm sure, when they think it's their idea. Or, I mean, it is their idea. I mean, and, you know, it's, you know, they feel that they're contributing, especially I would think the, the, the people that are really struggling to change. You know, when, you know, you can convince them you know, that, hey, we want you to lead this, you know, you know, you're the expert, you tell us how we can do this better. You know, um, I'm sure, you know, if they're engineers, they probably have a long list of ways that people could do their job better. You know, <laughs> you know, that's, yeah, that's, exactly. that's, that's what, that's what we I enjoy doing. So I'll share a term that came yeah. up in conversation with a client years ago, they said, make sure you avoid coagulation. <laughs> and they come they it was a play in words with which was collaboration through manipulation so yep. don't do coagulation <laughs> it's not like you have to make yep. them think that it's their idea it's how can we get that knowledge tap into that yeah uh day-to-day -day, uh, uh interaction that they have with the process and the equipment and so on to turn that into energy to, to make improvements yeah do you have um, any maybe examples of some successful transformations that you've been a part of that you can share with the listeners? Yes, absolutely. So um, I remember this company, uh, we were working with them and they were trying to uh, reduce their lead times. They were uh, basically reducing their lead time because the competition was basically getting to a place where it, it was not a uh, an obvious decision for yep. the client so they needed to drastically reduce their lead times so we we went and uh very aggressively uh pursued that we found so much opportunity they were they have very uh, poor practices in terms of their processes not defined um uh, they had some practices that we call things like batching. Mm -hmm. They didn't have work standards, so the, the quality of product was really not defined. So they, they ended up with a lot of returns and, and a lot of uh, 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 defects, internal defects, if you will. And just to sum it up, right, we were able to help them reduce the lead time from, from 14 days to three days, wow. which was significant. Um, but but the, but the back story was that, it, you know, 
sometimes those things don't happen at, at the first, first go yeah. around or, or very quickly. You have to push. You have to be persistent. People are gonna are going to uh, push back. I remember one of the leaders that were in there said, "I'm I'm gonna quote." Uh, I think he said Vince Lombardi, and he said, "I will lose twice, but not with the same team." Mm-hmm. In other words, he said, "We need to really yep. get onto this." And sometimes people have to believe to to buy in, and some people have to, uh, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, they have to be pushed or notched along the way. And once they see it, they're saying, "Wow, we're really having an impact here." And then we go, and so that team really got fired up, and we made significant amount of improvements. I mm-hmm. mean, out of, I believe, 17 plants they had at the time, the plant that we were engaged, they rose up to, I believe it was number two in terms of productivity and wow. quality, uh, which was significant. It was it was significant. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's important to note, too, when you're doing this process. It, it's not necessarily overnight. It's more of a continuous improvement, you know, and, and it's, it's, you know, it, it's a marathon, not a sprint, right? You know, You'll never get to a point where you say, you know, at least you should never get to a point where you say, I don't think we can improve anymore. You know, um, you know, uh, yeah. So it's, I I get it. I mean, I, I, as a mechanical engineer, right. That's, you know, part of my job is, is I'm always looking at stuff, seeing, you know, what, how can we push the limits a little bit more? Um, That's exactly right. I was going to say that, you know, sometimes people, I mean, this, somebody actually, one time made that comment. Is this something you come over a weekend and smack us over the head and we're lean? I said, no, that, that's that's definitely not how it works. And I mean, I tell people that as for a timeline, you know, at a very at a minimum, you're probably looking at 18 months mm-hmm. as these things start take hold and you execute them. When you start getting into strategy, that takes several years, several cycles of you really going through this process and being successful at it. And then add to that the things I mentioned a little bit ago, yep. which were you know new products and like expansion. You're always battling those things, so yep. it's a never-ending journey to 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 uh, improve the business. Have you have you found that it's a little bit more difficult to get that type of buy-in, just with the way the you know the industry is today, you know with you know lead times just skyrocketing, electronics being a little bit more difficult. You know, have have you found yourself trying to you know, kind of fight that battle as well? You know, actually, I, I haven't. I've, I've yeah. found the opposite because now the need is there, yep. uh, more magnified, right? Uh, yeah. Some people are saying demand is there, we can't fulfill it. So it, it becomes a more tangible problem yep. as opposed to saying we want to improve just for the sake of improving or because we want to maintain our edge. As you said, right, yeah. where can we improve or there's that fatigue factor now it's a need and so there's a saying that says the 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 mother of invention of innovation is 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 need right mm-hmm. when we have a need we take action yeah. so it's actually been the opposite where people are saying we have to reduce uh our lead times we have to reduce defects and we have to shorten our lead times so we can deliver because clients yeah. are the demand is just skyrocketing with everything that's happened in the last two, uh 24 months yeah for sure um well dan uh before we wrap up uh, I just kind of want to give you an opportunity. Is there anything uh, else that you want to talk about real quick um, in regards to Alpha Nova Consulting? 
Well, I mean, I guess the only thing I can say is that um, we work with manufacturers and we typically, what we do is we help them reduce their costs mm -hmm. by, it could be as much as 25%, sometimes more, uh, restore their quality to 99% and their on-time delivery to 99%. And to accomplish those things, so many issues happen between equipment and people and, and so on. So, you know, if anyone wants to learn more, we have plenty of resources on our website. They can visit us at alphanovaconsulting.com. Um, and if, of course, they want to have a conversation and learn more about us, they, they can reach out. We have our information out uh, on the website and we'd be glad to help uh, regardless of if they end up uh, you know, hiring our, our services or not. Well, great. Yeah. And all again, uh, to all listeners, all that stuff will be included in our show notes, uh, ways to reach out to Dan and uh, uh, Alpha Nova Consulting. Uh, uh, Dan, thank you so much for joining the show. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, this topic. Uh, it's kind of a uh, a hidden uh, passion of mine, just the continuous improvement side. So I appreciate that. Uh, so thank you again, and, and thank you to our listeners. Until next time. Very good, Matt. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it as well. This podcast was brought to you by Promise Incorporated, hosted by Matthew Rawl, produced by myself, Lauren Rawl, mixed and edited by Ben Parsons. Please make sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at podcast at promiseinc.com.